Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Exodus chapter 31 and verse number 18, very short passage of scripture. Uh, we will read that and then I will allow you to be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of God. Exodus chapter 31 and verse 18. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone. And this last phrase is where we will take our title and our lesson this morning, written with the finger of God, written with the finger of God, praise God. And that's what I want to speak about for a few moments this morning is the finger of God. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We worship you. We ask that you would bring strength to us from your word anointing. We ask that you would direct our minds for a few moments tonight as they have from your word eternal significance. We thank you and praise you. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. My wife and I traveled to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee for the Worldwide Pentecostal Fellowship. We had a great, great meeting. And, uh, well, sometimes meetings are not so great, but we had a good time together. There's good preaching, good things happening, and we're excited to be involved in that. So, praise God. That's where we were, if you were wondering. If we're not somewhere, we're somewhere else. And typically, we're, we're doing the work of God. And so, I'm, I'm not sure it's a good idea to say, this is where we're going, this is what we're doing. Uh, because then, some of y'all may not show up. I know it's a few, but a few makes a difference. And um, so when we're somewhere, or we're bishops somewhere, he's, he's uh, not on vacation. As a matter of fact, today he's preaching in Tracy. They, are, they have moved a congregation. They have a building. Brother Brad Allard is moving into a building. They are ecstatic about that. And so that's where he is. And as a part of this conference, I am a part of the general council and so that requires meetings and travel and what have you. That's an elected thing. But then an appointed thing happened while we were there to uh, put me on the general council missions board, uh, which is not something I was seeking nor uh, wanting, but I want to do my part. And so I have agreed to be a part of that, which will probably mean more travel. Praise God. But I'm thankful for a church, and I'm thankful for men of God, and uh, I'm thankful for God doing great things. So, amen. We are a representative, my wife and I, of this local congregation, not just here, but around the world. Around the world. Somebody said amen. You mentioned this church, and they typically, unless they're very new to Pentecost, uh, they know about it, of it, or somebody that is connected to it. So please, when you see me coming in <clears throat> and we've been gone, shake my hand and say, Pastor, it is so good to see you. We missed you, but we know you were doing the work of God. Instead of saying, do we need to give you a visitor's card? Okay. I want to hear you say, you were gone, but three people got the Holy Ghost, and we baptized five, and we're having revival. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you missed it. Yes. That's what I want to hear you say. Amen. Somebody said amen. Amen. Praise God. I've had elders, very, very esteemed elders. Brother Floyd Odom, I respect him greatly. Larry Booker, I respect him greatly. Brother Ted Erskine, all of these men have been in this church that pulled me aside and said, it's time for you to get more involved in the greater picture. And I said, well, I kind of like where I am. I kind of like my church, and we got a lot of things going. And they said, you didn't hear what we said. We said that... <laughs> Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. There is able-bodied people, and there are many projects going on around here. I'm thankful for people that are taking ownership of that and appreciate that so very greatly. Praise God. Everybody say amen. Let's get into the word of God here this morning. The finger of God. This passage that we have read talks about in the Old Testament the tables of testimony that is given to Moses. And there is a description at the end of this passage talking about the finger of God. This is a way of understanding God. This is something called anthropomorphic language. God is a spirit. And a spirit hath not flesh and bones. The God of the Old Testament was not a God that was seen unless he appeared in some way, shape, or form for a momentary, temporary time. And so in the Old Testament, when we hear language like the finger of God or the nostrils of God or the ear of God or the voice of God, we're talking about ways for humanity to understand that God speaks and he hears and he touches. I'm thankful for the touch of God. I'm thankful for the hand of God. I want to be sensitive to that. Even in this service today, the touch of God was in this place. The anointing of God was in this place. And don't discount what can happen in just a very short moment. If you've been praying for things in a very uh, service like today, in a very moment like today, God is able to come in and respond to you. As a matter of fact, in these altars today, I know there were individuals that have been praying about things, seeking things, looking for things, and God stepped in. He knows how to step in at the right time. And we need to thank God that he comes and we experience his presence. And we need to be dedicated to the idea that I want to be open to the will of God in my life. So the finger of God is a way of understanding God's ability and his anointing. And it's used three times in Scripture. I'm going to use those three occasions for our lesson today. The finger of God. This finger of God carries with it the general notion, the general idea of power and influence. I don't want to be influenced by a world, and I don't want to be influenced by my own carnal nature. I want to be influenced by the power and the influence of God, the power and the influence of his word, the power and the influence of his spirit. And so it, re, it refers to that authority, that deliberate action, that activity, not of a hand, but a finger of God. And it's used in the scripture to indicate God's authority. It's his signature or his trademark. You know what? I want to be a trademark on my life. I want the authority of God, the finger of God to touch me. We say things like this, and it's very, very meaningful. There is a touch of God on his life. What does that mean? That means God has touched them in a way, and they've been open, and they've been responsive to allowing God to move in their life and to draw them and to touch them and to empower them. Anybody want to be used of God in this day and age? Anybody want to be an opportunity for God to say, I can use you in the kingdom of God. Let's clap our hands and let's worship God that we're sitting on church pews and God has offered to us an invitation and an opportunity. I don't know who you are, where you are, and where you came from, but God wants to use you. Turn your neighbor and nudge them and tell them God wants to use you. So the finger of God represents that signature, that trademark, that power. It's a picturesque expression of God at work. He's working. Even when I don't see it, the song says he is working. And so what does this finger of God do? Well, it does three things as notated in the scripture because it's used three times. Have, has anybody ever just, I don't want to say giving you the finger. That's not, because that has happened driving around Bakersfield. There is so much construction around here that everybody's nerves are on edge and everybody's just frustrated and frazzled. You know what they need? 
They need to step into the sanctuary and feel the presence of God like we felt today because there is peace that comes there, encouragement that comes there. I'm not talking about that. Brother Terry used to say, they're giving me four fingers this week than they did last week. Four more. But uh, someone that has, anytime someone points a finger and starts speaking or saying something, it's suggesting something. The finger of God in the scripture suggests God's power to bring the plagues on Egypt. There is a, an occurrence that takes place in Exodus chapter 8 and verse 19. Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So this occurrence is talking about the finger of God and it's not even on the lips of someone that is closely connected to God. It's coming from the magicians. There has already been an example of a plague of blood and frogs, and the magicians were able to do that. But the third plague, which was lice that came upon the land, even the magicians said, this is an act of God. And they recognized there is authority and there is power here that supersedes our abilities and our power. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to stand in this pulpit here today and say there's a lot of powers and there's a lot of influence in the world that we live in. People are driven by a lot of things. They've got a lot of different worldviews. They're involved in a lot of stuff, witchcraft, magic, and everything else trying to find meaning, and there is power in that. But I'm telling you there is something that is greater than all of those things for the scripture says neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is a power that supersedes. It's a sovereign power. It's an anointed power. It's a power of strength. It is able to redeem and it's able to save and it's able to it's able to reach out and pick you up from wherever you are and establish you in a place that you need to be that you haven't been. They said this must be the finger of God. This is the whole purpose and the whole reason for in Exodus chapter 7 and verse 5, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. There was a general pointing towards something. It was a general direction. The finger of God in this case was pointing that God is greater. God is bigger. And he's reaching for a people that are in bondage. I'm going to point you to a new direction. I'm going to bring you out of where you are and I'm going to take you someplace that I desire. I'm going to give you a place of promised land out of a place of bondage and slavery. Anybody thankful that you once were a slave to sin but God said, I'm going to point you a different direction. You've been living with your feet in miry clay but I'm going to pick you up from the miry clay and I'm taking you to a place of promise. Somebody needs to clap your hands, lift your voice, and thank God that he did it for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Does anybody have a testimony here this morning? If you do, you need to stand to your feet and say, God has done great things in my life. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, give him praise just for a moment right here because he's worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to move you from bondage to a promise. He wants to move you from Egypt to Canaan. And there are some places you've got to leave. I'm not satisfied in this world that I'm in, and I'm not satisfied in the place that I'm in. I want to leave this place and go somewhere where the peace of God reigns. 
Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2 says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined. God, shine a light on my situation. Shine a light on my family and my life. Shine a light on what really, really matters. Not caught up in the darkness of this world, but give to me a light that shines in the darkness. There's Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is a powerful statement. If God has called you out of darkness, then you should show forth the praises. You should testify about where God brought you and how he brought you. There is no way, sir, that you can sit with your arms crossed if God has brought you a long way and not give God praise because that scripture said you're to call forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness. I don't want to be offensive here in the house of God, but it must be stated and it must be said. If you just sit on a pew, there's no praise in your lips, on your mouth. Your hands never go up. There's no shout in your step. There's no wave in your offering. Something is wrong if God saved you from the pit of hell and he gave to you a heavenly promise. That's the Bible. You're supposed to call forth praises. Why? 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 Because he called me out of darkness into a marvelous light that shined on me. I don't understand all that jumping around and, and stuff. You don't understand the person that was addicted and in bondage and God pulled them out when everybody else gave up on them, walked away from them, and would still do it if they knew everything. But God said, you've got value. You've been in bondage long enough, directed by a slave driver long enough, and when you begin that march out of Egypt land, there's a God whose finger, the finger of God, is pointing out of where you are to a better place. It's a better direction. It's a preferred direction. You know why we're here in the house of God today? You know why we got up on this day when everybody else is getting up to see the NFL football and everything else? You know why you're here? Because you got a preferred direction. I want to go in a different direction. I'm not walking to the beat of the drum of the world, but I'm walking to the voice of God. Praise God. So the finger of God in the first case occurrence in the scripture is God is pointing in a direction. <laughs> a direction, a direction. Which way are you headed, sir? Which way are you going, ma'am? What is the trajectory of your life? Who's pointing you to where you're going? I want the finger of God to point me wherever I'm going. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and call me a puppet if you want, but I want to be pulled by the strings and by the finger of God and by the hand of God. Hallelujah. I'm not worshiping to try to impress anybody. I'm worshiping because I understand who created me, who gave to me breath, who gave to me life. Woo! It shouldn't take somebody trying to pull us here, pull us there, get us to worship here, get us to worship there. Not if God's handling the strings because he loves and he dwells and he inhabits in the praises of his people. Let's praise him together. Lord, we thank you and praise you. Point me in the right direction. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
didn't have time for testimony service tonight or this morning. <laughs> but God pointed you all, some of you all, in a completely different direction. Then the world pointed you, the enemy of your soul pointed you, and your own nature and carnality pointed you. I mean, you shouldn't even, you shouldn't even be here because the direction you are going. But some light, some light, some, some God-loving saint of God had the opportunity to tell you, hey, there's better things in the house of God. God. God's got a design purpose for you and destiny for you and pointed you in a different direction. You are disenfranchised. I need to move on from this point, but I'm not so sure I've really sunk deep enough into the soil of your hearing and understanding in this place here today that God points us in a better direction. See, some of the reason why I'm so excited and some of the reason why you may not understand what drives me is one of the reasons why you need to get connected with a Bible study to somebody. That was too quiet. Somebody needs to say amen. I'm not doing, but I want to do it. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. I'm not there, but I want to be there. Or take somebody to lunch and start talking to them and hear about their situation and what they're going through and, and what they're doing. I mean, stuff starts happening in your world that blows your mind. You can't just come to church anymore and just sit there when you look out and you see the person that you just had lunch with that talked to you about things that they've desired their entire life but they've never been able to experience because of dysfunction and addictions and everything else. And when you see them walk into the house of God with their hands uplifted saying I want God to point me a different direction there there is no way possible do we believe this new birth message works or not. If you believe that it does, you're going to be very, very thankful that there is a message that can be preached that points people. Well, maybe this second one will help us understand the first one. If God is pointing us with his finger in a direction, I mean, we need to start getting radical about the way we think. Wait, did you know one of the greatest outreach tools is that right over there? There are numerous occasions of where people have walked out of Food Max with their groceries, disappointed with life and the direction they're going and everything else. And they have said, you know what, we're in a mess and in a fix. This is just stupid what we're doing. Hey, look, there's a church right over there. There are families in this church that walked out of Food Max and took a right and looked and saw a building. 
God, I hope there's an attraction. I hope there is a magnification that says that God, the finger of God, says when they step out of food max and they look right, that the finger of God says right there, right there. Did you know that someone was driving around town pondering their, their situation and the dysfunction and the hurt and the bitterness and everything else that was cascading in on them, driving around town, happened to be driving by. We weren't even having church here, but somebody was cooking over there for some event, and they pulled into the parking lot, and they went looking for somebody to find out what kind of church is this. I pray that when people are driving around, the finger of God is saying, there's a place, there's a place that's going to point you in the right direction. Oh, come on, we can do better than that. Every single one of us needs to say, yes, Lord, this is what we desire. This is why I can't but help worshiping and magnifying God the way that I do. I know it's a Sunday morning. Somebody needs to run an aisle here this morning and just say, I'm going to thank God for what he's richly, richly doing. Lord, you can be seated. And for those of you that are worried that I am wrecking the pulpit, Brother Greg made me a very nice thing to hammer. It's got, it's got felt on the bottom, so no matter how hard it's hit, it's not going to damage anything. Just to ease your mind, I want to take you out of worship. My goodness. Everybody's going crazy, and I should be worshiping God, but he's pounding the pulpit, probably ruining it. No, I'm not. I'm being facetious. Praise God. You need to be thankful for a pastor that worships God. You need to be thankful for a pastor that's excited about banging a gavel. You know what I hate? I hate sin. I hate the devil. I hate the damage it does, but I sure love magnifying God. Praise God. So God points us, he points us in the right direction. And then not only that, but the finger of God also represents the revelation behind the direction. I'm thankful for direction, but I'm also thankful for a revelation of the direction that I'm going. Otherwise, I could be going in the wrong direction with no controls on it. A trajectory that's mismanaged, but when God says, I'm going to give you a direction, he also provides a revelation to go with it. This is what happens in our text verse. When he gives Moses the testimony and the tables of stone written with the finger of God, that's the revelation. He's sending Moses down the mountain with divine revelation. It's a road map to somewhere, but it's also with the accompanying power to understand where and how I get there. This is why the word of God is so very, very important. The word of God is the revelation that helps us understand the direction. See, it will be foolishness to you. What we're doing is going to seem crazy unless you have the revelation 
of the direction. If you come in and you say, those people are going a certain direction, but I have no clue what they're doing. That seems foolish. Until you get into the word of God and the revelation is connected to the direction, and now all of a sudden you understand what the word of God is saying and what it means and the power that is there and where God is wanting to take us. This is why I'm falling in love with the word of God. This is why I'm falling in love with the spirit of God. And this is why I'm falling in love with the things of God. Because it's those things applied to my life that provide to me the revelation of where God is wanting to take me. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the, the, spirit of the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I've got to get myself into the word of God. And the presence and the spirit of God direct me. They that worship him must worship him in spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. And truth. There is a balance between that. If you just end up with all truth and no spirit, you're going to have something that's not balanced, not good. If you have something that is just spirit without any truth, that's unhinged and unbalanced as well. But when you couple them together, you get the direction and you get the revelation and it makes everything start coming together in your life. Praise God. Every once in a while, somebody will come. I had an individual here. I, we need to work on a system here, okay? After church, there are people, they want to talk, and, and, and they, they've got things and, and issues and circumstances. And every once in a while, somebody will meet somebody in the lobby, and they're asking for something. And so the, the, the first reaction is, well, well, let me take you to pastor. Well, would, you, would you please, would you speak to them in my stead? Because there's other things we're trying to resolve and work with with other people. And so I sat here for 40 minutes listening to an individual talking about how God was directing him. He was in a desert. He was in a barren land. He didn't have any clothes. And he, he, was, he was, God called him to preach and he was moving him in a certain direction. And, 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 but uh, he was wandering around with no food. But he came up to a door and he put his hand on the door. The door just opened. And it must have been a thing of God because he just walked right in. When he walked right in, he put on some clothes, walked into the kitchen, and lo and behold, there was a, there was a plate of food right there on the table. And this story is taking much longer than what I'm telling you. And, and, and there must have been a divine thing going on here. And God's called me, and God, he's their revelation and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, he said, and I sat down to eat it, and that's when some guy came through the back door with a gun pointed at me. Well, yeah, that's probably because you were in his house and you're not supposed to be in his house and you're wearing his clothes and you're eating his food. Yes, God is wanting to take you a direction, but you haven't got the revelation, sir. <laughs> okay. God may be pointing you somewhere, but there's some things you got to put in place. You can't go out and preach to a world until your own house is in order. You got to get your own house in order. You get your own house in order, and I guarantee you, God. I'm preaching to someone here in this place right now. It's between me and you, me and you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. God has put a calling of God on your life. I know it. I sense it. In just a few short moments, I recognize it. But you can't get there until you get your house in order. You got to get your house in order, and that is revelation. Okay, God's taking me a direction, but I can't launch out in going the direction God wants to take me and being used in the place that God wants to use me without a divine revelation of what it takes to get there. It's not just that everybody is a preacher. Every once in a while, folks come by. Yeah, I'm a preacher. I'm pre. Well. You start getting a little more of the story, and there's got to be some revelation that goes with just the of being a priest. This is not how we operate here. This is not how we operate in this sanctuary and in this body. There's some blood, sweat, and tears. There's some seeking God, the will of God. There's some working so that other people can see you are legitimate and you can be trusted and people can put their faith in you. And that's what elevates you, not just the title. That's a direction. I believe God calls everybody to something. And he gives us a direction, but a divine revelation is what takes place when I've got to get into the word. I've got to put my life in order. I've got to get some things aside. 
established. I've got to be consistent. I've got to be faithful. I've got to be reaching out to people. I've got to be welcoming people. I've got to be praying with people. We can do better than that. You appreciate the ministry that we have in this church? We should value it. We should value it. And I'm telling you, there's more to come. There's more to come because somebody is saying, God's pointed me in a direction, and now the revelation is coming. I didn't understand it before, but I'm starting to see it now. Praise God. I believe God wants to call more people. Hallelujah to a variety of things, not not just pulpit ministry. There's there's a ministry. I, I really feel this, and I don't want to be offensive, but we need to start examining and asking ourselves, what am I doing in the kingdom of God? What should be driving me? It could be a variety of things. We don't want to just take. We want to give to the kingdom of God. That's part of the religious world's problem is they come to church wanting to receive instead of putting their hand to the plow and saying, this is not about me. This is about God and his purposes and his kingdom and his word and his direction. So God points you in the direction, but he also gives you revelation. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Huh. You know, every once in a while, some folks come here and sit on this pew and say, those people are absolutely nuts out of their mind. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Oh, I know where he brought me, and I'm so very, very thankful. Praise God. Praise God. God pointed a direction, but he also provides. He also provides the revelation. You look at Hebrews chapter 11. I can't read all of it. It is a most exquisite and fabulous passage of Scripture in which the discussion is made about the heroes of the faith who the finger of God pointed them in a direction and then also help them understand the revelation of where God was taking them even when they themselves never saw the end result. That is revelation. Man, revelation is... I. I may never, ever see where God is taking me. But I don't care because the finger of God is pointing me in the direction and I've got a revelation that God is directing me to that. Many of us would just give up, right? We, we've got to have whatever it is at the end. There's got to be some kind of result, right? I've got to see something. Can you praise God when you're in the valley because you've got a revelation that God is still in control and he's pointing you the right direction? Or do you just throw up your hands and say, it's not worth it. I've tried. It's been too long. I've prayed too many prayers. I'm discouraged. I'm going to give up. You look at these heroes of faith, and at the end of this passage, it talks about all the things that they go through from being tortured, from trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, bonds and imprisonment, stones, sawn asunder, tempted, slain with the sword, wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in the mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. The finger of God was pointing them in a direction, and the finger of God was also giving them the revelation of where they were going. And despite all of that, you get this ending verse. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they would without us not be made perfect. They experienced all of that. They never received the Holy Ghost. But the finger of God was pointing them in the direction. Abraham was a man of faith. Noah building an ark when everybody else said it was foolish. And they were willing to go in that direction. 
and they had a revelation that God was taking them that direction even though they never saw the end result of it. The finger of God gives us revelation. And lastly, the musicians come here this morning. The finger of God not only gives us direction, not only gives us revelation about that direction, but it gives us power to stay in the lane. Here it is. I like that, Brother Miranda. That's it. That's it. I'm going to stay in the lane. God's pointed me in the direction. I've got a divine revelation. And there's going to be moments that I feel in my own self that I'm going to veer out because I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't know where I am in all of this. And, and it doesn't feel like God is with me, but I, I'm still going to trust him in all of this. The power of the finger of God is what keeps me in the lane because I recognize that he is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Therefore, I'm going to stay in the lane because... God is the source of my strength and my power. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus gives to us himself. Now the first one, the writer gave us the exposition. Moses comes down from the mount and he has the testimony of stones and the finger of God wrote them. In the second case, it's the magicians that say, this was a doing that was not natural. This was supernatural. This was the finger of God. But Jesus gives us the last one himself. When he is casting out a devil in Luke chapter 11, verse 14. And when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake and people wondered. But some of them said, he casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others tempting him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But he knowing their thoughts said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub, and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. Watch verse number 20. But if I... That anthropomorphic language in the Old Testament in which is descriptive of God, but you have nothing to attach to it because he's a spirit. God becomes flesh, manifests himself in the flesh. And Jesus says, if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger then he shall come upon him and overcome him. He taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. You know what this passage of Scripture is saying? It's saying that God is at work among the devils. If I, with the finger of God, am able to overcome the strong man. What is he talking about? I'm going to step into the devil's house and business and I am taking the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I'm one that is stronger. And by the finger of God, there is a representation of power. I will make you more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in you that he that is in the God is taking you places because not only is he pointing you in a direction and giving you revelation about where you're going, but he's giving you the power to make it. When you, when you feel the temptation and it's pulling you, trying to pull you out of the lane in which God is directing you. Oh, I'm preaching into somebody's spirit this morning. I know I am. I know I am. And when you want to veer out into the old things and the old coping mechanisms, old patterns you just understand this preacher if the Holy Ghost is in your life there is a power that keeps you going the direction that you need to go you are going to make it you are going to be more than a conqueror you are come on somebody you are going to be victorious let's agree together that it's true that it's real
Come on, does anybody believe that? You ought to stand to your feet this morning and say, yes, yes, yes. Let God point you, give you revelation, and he's given you power. You can do it. Paul said in Philippians, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm going forward. Here's what's fascinating. The finger of God and its direction and its revelation and its power. Always look forward. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Not looking backward. I'm looking forward. Bible talks about in Exodus the children of Israel murmuring against Moses and Aaron and longing to go back into Egypt when they sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full you brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger God was pointing them in the direction they didn't have the revelation and they didn't recognize and understand the power God's given you the direction and the revelation and he's giving to you the power Wanting to look back, wanting to reach back, wanting to go back, wanting to be pulled back. I don't want to be pulled back, reach back, go back into any of that stuff that I came out of. It's like a dog returning to its vomit. God, give me power. Give me power. Holy Ghost power. Keeps me, keeps me focused and in the lane. Scouts in the promised land couldn't see forward because of what pulled them back. Lot's wife turns around and she looks back. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God because the finger of God always points forward. Praise God. Follow the activity of God. Follow the influence of God. Praise God. God is pointing you in a direction and he's giving you revelation about where you are going. You know, I'm, one of the craziest testimonies I think I've ever heard is Richard Firo in prison. God talked to him and told him he's going to go to a certain church and there's a guy that's really tall and he has white hair and he's going to teach you Bible study. You're going to sit in that church before he ever even got here to this place. Now, if you don't believe that, you tell me. Pretty big, mean, bad-looking dude. I'm not crossing him. Every time he starts testifying, Brother Larry goes back to that. Our tears will come down his face. I remember sitting in a prison cell, and I had a dream, and God spoke to me, said I'd be going to some church with a lot of white folk, and there'd be a tall man with white hair that would teach me and direct me. You know what I'm thankful about? I'm thankful about weird churches, not all white folk. We need to be representative of this community. God, bring them in. Bring them in. Bring them in. Point them in the right direction, Lord. Point them in the right direction. Give them a revelation and then put power. Put power. Put power in them. Let's pray together in this place at the conclusion of this service that the finger of God is pointing people all over this city, pointing people through people on the job or at school, pointing, pointing, pointing. Where? There's a direction. There's a place. God wants to take you somewhere. There's a revelation. There's a power. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice and praise him and let's pray together. God. Bring people in this place. I pray that you would direct us and guide us and you would help us. Oh, come on. Direct me to a Bible study. Let me pray more. Let me pray more. Let me have a burden. Hallelujah. Let me encourage people that are facing a lot of things that God gives them power and strength to elevate them, to encourage them.
stepped into the sanctuary this morning, maybe it's your first time, I want to let you know that God wants to rebirth you. And the way that he does that is when we repent of our sins, when we are baptized in a name that's above every name in Jesus' name, and God fills us with the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that that experience is for you. It is for you. You didn't wander in this place amiss. God pointed you here. God pointed you here. God pointed you here. This is not an accident. God wants you in the house of God. I want us to pray with fervency before we leave this place today that God would point people to the house of God and that we would be ready to receive them. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, I want you to point and direct. Let there be revelation. Praise God. Let there be revelation in the house of God. Let there be power. tell them let's do it let's do it God's pointing God's giving revelation God's giving power let's do it let's go do it let's go do it let's let God use us remember service tonight begins at 5:30 prayer we're going to have a great time a fellowship sing inspiration worship praise going to believe God for great things 